Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, once again, 24's podcast, the best video gaming, the best sports podcast on the entire internet, we're back. We're back. Little bit of a um, late night podcast. We're going to predict Thursday night football, going to talk about it, talk about the matchups. Um, I was actually going to make an entire podcast this episode um, was going to be addressing the Daniel Snyder thing. I just read the article and I was just like, oh, I can talk about this in like maybe five to ten minutes. It's more of, I mean, it's more of the confirmation that we already know Dan Snyder's a piece of shit human being who probably shouldn't have the billions upon billions of dollars that he has. But hey, uh, life's not fair. The world's not fair. Um, unfortunately, Dan Snyder is not locked up in a prison somewhere. Anyway, um gonna talk about some other stuff before we get into that gonna predict football we're gonna talk about some um what is it oh yeah pause it urban meyer apparently kicked his kicker that's a little bit ironic um we'll talk about it also i'm excited to share some stuff good stuff that happened to me recently very excited oh my god very excited to get into the podcast today, ladies and gentlemen. 24's podcast. Turn it, turn it up again. I gotta. Goodness gracious. That's video game. That song, excuse me, brings back so many memories. It is the opening theme song to uh, the uh, one of my favorite video games of all time, Persona 4 Golden. Let me stand up for this. You may be asking me, 24, why are we listening to that track? Why are we listening to that song? Well, I'm so glad to... I'm so glad you're asking that question, Faithful Bureau. Why am I playing Persona 4 Golden? Why am I playing it? Well, I think I talked about it. I was very excited. By the way, hold on. I got to pause. I got to pause, okay? Um, Be careful where you go on the internet. I got to give you a heads up. Careful where you go on the internet, okay? Um, I just, just so happened to be scrolling on YouTube, didn't ask for it, and I just, and again, I won't be spoiling it here, but I got a, I got a major spoiler, didn't even click on it, didn't even want to, I made sure immediately that I blocked it, I saw the title, I was like, block, I saw the, one of the spoilers for Spider-Man No Way From Home, I already know I'm gonna cry, I won't even talk about... I, you won't hear me talk about the spoilers here. I already know I'm going to cry. And the movie. Anyways. Saw that, unfortunately. But the reason why I um I started off the podcast with Persona 4 Golden, specifically The Shadow World, which is the opening song to the game. As soon as you boot up. Persona 4 Golden, you get um, you get that lovely track in your face, in your ears. Awesome song. Again, reason why I am playing you. Let me. I mean, let me stop beating around the bush so much. Goodness gracious, 24. Get to the point. So, it is the 25th anniversary of the Persona series. If you have no idea what the Persona series is, it is a video game series that has been around for the last 25 years. It is the 25th anniversary of that video game series. It is the backbone of the company that makes that video game series, Atlas. I think it's called Atlas Entertainment, the full uh, title of the company, Atlas Entertainment. And it's the it's the moneymaker. It's the breadwinner. You know, 25th anniversary Pretty popular video game series now after Persona 5 and Persona 5 Royale. Maybe you've heard of them. Maybe you've played them. Maybe not. Highly suggest it and encourage it if you are a, uh, a fan of JRPGs and of RPGs in general. 
I'm a big fan of JRPGs and that video game series as well. So, one of the kind of the main issues with the series, or not one of the main issues, is the uh, the series has really not had a fully licensed release of their songs, really, ever. You know, especially in the West. Atlas is a Japanese company. They have, you know, different region... They have different versions of their company via regions or, or whatever. So the Western version of the company, because Atlas is a Japanese company, Jap uh, Japan is in the East, the United States is in the West, obviously. Because Atlas is a Japanese company, they sometimes don't license out the music to the West, a.k.a. Americans, right? Sometimes they just don't do it, unfortunately, for me. I bought the collector's edition of Persona 5, not Persona 5 Royale, just Persona 5, like four years ago. I opened it up, excited as can be. I was like, yes, I'll finally, I finally got the full soundtrack of a Persona video game, and I got disappointed. Severely so. Severely so. Disappointed beyond belief, as a matter of fact. Um, they only had like 22 songs of like almost 100. It was ridiculous. I remember I made like a YouTube video about it. I was so, I was so disappointed. Fast forward, ironically enough, four years later. And I get online like a week ago, a little bit over a week ago, really. And I see that Atlas during the video game awards, actually it was after the video game awards, they release, hey guys, for the 25th anniversary, we're going to have a bunch of merchandise come out. We're going to have Persona 4 Ultimax come out. And then they slyly put it in. Hey, guys. um, We're going to have vinyl releases for all of our original Persona, all of our main story, mainline uh, Persona video games because they have a bajillion expansions to their, to their mainline Persona games. And then they have, you know... Um, spin-offs, you know, they have rhythm dancing games, they have beat-em-ups, they have so many different, it's like a cross-genre, they have like arena fighting games, and I was just like, oh, they just slyly put in that they had vinyl releases of some of the greatest video game series of all time! I was very excited. I was very excited, I don't know if you could tell. So I waited, and I'm looking around, and I'm just like, okay. Uh, and I, as soon as I saw it, I woke up to the news, and I immediately scrambled to Reddit. Reddit had it. They had the link to a website that was reporting on it. The website said that one of my favorite vinyl record, not labels, but just one of my favorite websites, one of my favorite companies ever, is going to be making all the vinyls. It's im8bit.com, ladies and gentlemen. Now I'm starting to pace around excitedly because I'm just so excited to talk about this. I am 8bit.com. They will be releasing them. I looked on. They are super expensive. Super expensive. But I was excited to see that finally Persona 3 and Persona 4 was going to get vinyl releases. And then I decided I called an Audible. I don't know an Audible. I'm a little bit too, you know, juiced up right now, but I called an audible, I was like, I'll get Persona 4, and then I'll get Persona 3, and then I said, hey, let's also, while we're at it, get Persona 5, I missed out on it, I got it as well, I said, let's get it as well, put all the money in my account, made sure everything was squared away, and then I said, when is it going to be released, when can I pre-order all my vial from im8bit.com? I've done this before. I actually did this almost a year ago. It's funny how that works. It's almost a year to this day since I pre-ordered Grindstone and, ironically enough, Persona 5 Royale on vinyl. I was listening to Persona 5 Royale actually today. And I was editing a video. It's very exciting. It's very exciting. I woke up. Like a kid on Christmas Day, woke up, and I made sure I was ready. I made sure everything was ready. I made sure I had an account ready to go just in case. Just ready to go. Had my credit card 
I was worried about scalpers because vinyl reselling is like a legitimate thing. Like, I mean, people are marking the prices up to like 120 times what they were originally worth. So, I mean, like, it's a real thing. So I made sure I got my credit card, got everything ready, got everything squared away. Freaking put Persona 5, Persona 4, Persona 3 all on my cart. Went to checkout. Filled out all of my information, and then boom, I got them all on vinyl. I'm very excited. Very excited. Costs a shit ton of money, but I'm very excited nevertheless. Also, I saw a lot of people complaining about the prices. And, and these were obviously people who had no idea, like, how expensive I Am 8-Bit's vinyl is. Like, it's always super expensive. Like, everything on their shop is, like, top quality, super expensive work. And so, I wasn't, like... I was surprised at how many people were like, why is, why are the records this expensive? Why are they this expensive? Why is everything this expensive? This is overrated. And I was just like, their stuff is always mucho expensive But I got everything that I wanted. There's not a lot of like, you know, drama that happened. But I mean, it was just a, cl a straight shot, a clean shot. I was kind of weirded out at how many people were complaining Especially when it was just like, like, there were a lot of people that were like, I can't buy any, I can't buy any. And then it's just like, I'm on their site right now. And it's just like, literally all of the additions are still available for pre-ordering. I'm just like, you guys could have, like, everybody was complaining about it. And I was just like, um, you know, there's still, there's still copies if you want some. I mean, I've waited literally for like a decade for this. Like, no lie, like a decade for this. I have been so patient i haven't purchased certain you know albums and cds that have been available i haven't i haven't like gone crazy or whatever i mean this will this will be like a slam dunk for me i am mucho excited though i was surprised at how many people were were like i can't like i want one but i can't get one because they're all sold out and i'm just like again everything is still fucking in sock bro i just I don't fucking under, I mean, people were just complaining, but I, I also understand how expensive they are because it's why I didn't buy Persona 5 originally like a year ago because I was just like, this is fucking expensive. But then I was just like, oh yeah, like I'll purchase them now. I'm like, why not? Saved up. I always save up. Here I am. Here I am. Once again, feeling lost. I apologize. Now and then breathing in, never, never go. Sorry. Very, very excited for my records to come in. How many records is it total? There's like four records. There's four LPs in every single like album. So it's just like, I'm going to get 12 LPs next year because of like production and stuff like that. It'll take a bajillion years to freaking produce everything and then ship it out. But also they like are forcing people to pay like the most expensive or one of the most expensive is like shippings, which is also like another issue. So it is what it is. Anyways. Um, what the fuck am I watching? I just saw no jumper, like put something out with like Rit Brittany Renner, Mr. Organic and like sharp who is like a former pimp. Um, what? Oh my god. I just saw something else. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Um anyways. What else do I got before we um Oh yeah, let before we get into all of the heavy stuff, let's just go ahead and talk about this matchup. Um Chiefs versus Chargers tomorrow night on Thursday night football. What's going on? Who is playing? And um why should we care? Well, it has playoff implications, ladies and gentlemen, because the NFL actually scheduled a pretty awesome Thursday night football game. Chargers at, not Chargers at Chiefs, Chiefs at Chargers. Now, if you don't know the um, the history of this matchup, Chargers won it all the way back in, I believe, September, October. They won the first game in Arrowhead. So they're technically winning their division right now, right? Technically. Or not winning, but technically they have like the tiebreaker in their division right now, right? Because they won all the way back in September. Chiefs are on, how many wins do they have? 
not wins, but like what's their win streak? They are on a six-game win streak, right? They go from three and four and out of the playoffs to nine and four and still vying for kind of playoff contention. You know, Chargers win, they're eight and five. Chargers win, they go nine and five. Chiefs go nine and five. Chargers have the tiebreaker. They won, they swept the Chiefs. Chargers are on a two-game win streak. Uh, playoff implications, obviously, as well as, you know, home field advantage. You know, it's just like certain teams, meaning the Chiefs and the Chargers, are both still kind of like on the fringe of the playoffs. And obviously, the Chargers are still in, con- uh, you know, a competition for the one seed in their division, and they want it. Justin Herbert has, I mean, Justin Herbert's played well and great. Um throughout the entirety of the season, but I mean, the Chargers have been just this perfunctuous up and down football team where they're like, we're going to win football games. We're going to lose football games. We're going to win more, lose more, win more, win some, lose some. I mean, five wins or five losses for the Chargers is kind of weird considering how much of a commanding lead they have or had over their division. I mean, it was kind of a weird mess, you know, in November, Kind of extending into January, or not January, but December. And so now what do the Chargers have to do? They have to go and they have to stay at home. And there's going to be a lot of Chiefs fans. And I'm going to be front row. I'm going to be sitting back in my lazy boy, fully reclined with a blanket over me, watching the Chiefs beat the Chargers. I think the Chiefs will beat the Chargers. I mean, I don't know what's going on with COVID. It's running rampant through teams and organizations like rampant as in rampant. I think Keenan Allen had COVID. Mike Williams had COVID. A lot of players had COVID, man. A lot of players on the Chargers had COVID. I think even Jaron James had it for a little bit, or at least he was hurt. But the Chiefs are rolling. Rashawn Slater is out. The pro bowl, potentially all pro left tackle for the Chargers. He is now out. I think with either COVID or an injury, I don't know. It's hard to keep track of this type of stuff. But he's now out. Hold on, let me change the channel. It's um, it's the freaking... I was watching the Lakers versus the Mavericks today. Awesome basketball game. Now I'm watching like the Lakers versus the... um, Not the Lakers, excuse me. The Clippers versus Utah. And Ky- uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George aren't playing. So it's kind of like... It's kind of like a crapshoot here. so i'm like yeah it'll probably be good if i just like you know peace out here anyways um hold on let me change the channel sorry i like i lost my train of thought for like two seconds let's um let's just watch gundam i'm like let me just swap over i hate d i hate tv it's just like Goodness gracious, I love stream. I love being able to select whatever I want to select. I'm like, let me just watch Gundam instead. It's just like, fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> I was watching basketball because I wanted to watch basketball, but now it's just like, oh my god, nothing's on. Let me just fuck off. <clears throat> Anyways, Chargers versus Chiefs. Chargers are on a roll. Rashawn Slater's out. Chris Jones won't be lined up as like a defensive end. He'll be lined up as like a defensive tackle, and he'll still... Destroy a lot of people. I think Frank Clark is also coming back as well. The Chiefs are just rolling. The Chiefs are just better, and they've always been better, but they have just, they did not play better than the Chargers in week one. And that's kind of why, you know, they're nine and four instead of potentially being like 11 and two or maybe 13 or 12. Like 12 and one. I mean, really, they, they shouldn't have really lost some of the games that they lost. I mean, the fact that they still have, like, four losses is still, like, insane to me. And I know all of them. It was, like, the Bills, the Ravens, the Chargers, and um, Bills, Ravens, Chargers, and I think maybe the Packers as well. Yeah, it was the Packers. You know, just weird, weird year for the Chiefs. Very weird year. I mean, they... Not even going to lie to you. They did not look whatsoever like a playoff caliber team for like a nice little, for like a nice little like hot minute. And by a nice little hot minute, I mean like 
like uh for like about a month and a half they were like oh yeah it's really really hard to determine whether or not they're just like you know going to win so it is what it is anyways Chargers over chiefs happy and excited about persona vinyl um let's get to uh, some of the disasters that got dropped yesterday now i said it as i was turning off the podcast or getting off the air i said when it rains it pours right and that was specifically in relation to dan snyder when it rains it pours dan snyder bunch of allegations come out that he is tampering with the investigation into his own football team like what a surprise like i like what a surprise bad person is bad But then, and we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes, but then I get this, I get this, you know, tweet It's from the Tampa Bay Times and they say like headline is exclusive former Jaguars kicker, Joss Lambeau said coach Urban Meyer kicked him during warmups at a practice. Meyer called Lambeau's description of the incident inaccurate that's interesting right so i didn't really read the the headline i didn't really read the article i was just like i thought that it was actually in relation to what we were going to talk about today for a full length of podcast and then i was just like eh, let's just let's just kind of figure that out later but I was kind of, I was just looking into it, right? I was looking into the whole Dan Snyder thing, right? And then I stumble upon this Urban Meyer thing, Urban Meyer article. And then I was like, let's, let's take a look at it. This is by the Tampa Bay Times, right? <clears throat> now, Tampa Bay Times, they interview the former Jacksonville Jaguar kicker, Josh Lambeau, obviously kicker, kickers, punters are people too, and um, listen, am I surprised, essentially the um, the bottom line is, and we'll get to it, don't worry, we'll, we, we will, bottom line is Urban Meyer, during a warm-up session in practice, Urban Meyer kicked the punter, the kicker, right, now, Nowhere is that acceptable, okay? Nowhere is, is that acceptable. And, um, you know, it kind of like begs, not even begs the question, it's kind of like, it's one of those things that you like think about, right? Where it's like, when you think about these college coaches, like, there's a lot of shitheads in college. Like, there really is. And it's just like, you know, Urban Meyer is definitely one of them. Just like, yeah, he's, and I remember I used, I was thinking about this analogy, right? You know, Logan Roy in Succession, as I was watching Succession last night, Logan Roy is an awesome businessman. Awesome businessman. Does, you know, does the stockholders right? Does his employees? Nope. I was about to say he does employees right, and then it's just like, no, not really. But does, like, the company, the company's value right? Maybe not his employees, but... He does justice to the company. Or more specifically for himself. For himself. Because, uh, you know what? I was trying to come up with an analogy. He doesn't, he doesn't do justice by the company. He just, he does justice for himself. His number one main, you know, stockholder, his main guy that he always looks out for is himself. So in that metric, he's a great businessman. But in like every other metric he's a terrible person right he'll stick up for himself he'll, he'll make billions of dollars for himself but like for everybody else hey it is what it is he's probably gonna screw you over just like he i was about to say something about the latest episode but i didn't want to spoil it but logan roy in succession is a great businessman and he is a ruthless businessman but he's a terrible father 
He's a terrible husband. He's a terrible partner. He is overall scum of a human being. That's very, very evident throughout the entirety of Succession's um, plot. Okay? But he's a great businessman, again, for himself. Urban Meyer's kind of like that. Where Urban Meyer, specifically at the college level, Urban Meyer's like a great college head coach. And a lot of people are like, we'll let you get away with a lot of things. There's certain lines that you can't really cross, but I mean, those lines are kind of blurred at some levels, depending on how much you're winning, right? But like, we'll let a lot of stuff slide if you win. And that's what happened at Ohio State. Apparently he let a domestic abuser on his staff and he said, I don't know what's going on. He didn't know. He 1000% did, uh, did know and realize what was going on with her. But we kind of let it slide. He gets a job at Fox you know, a college football halftime show, he gets a job, another opportunity, another chance, you know, to be in football, right? Everybody's like, oh, you know, women are in the studio. Professionally, they may not, personally, they may not be happy about it, but professionally, they have to, you know, move on and be like, hey, you know, we can't not talk to them. It's our jobs, unfortunately. Men, Supposedly, with high integrity, they were also standing next to him, shaking hands, cracking jokes, right? But, you know, they're professional, so it's like, okay, all right. We'll do what we do. Spends like two years at Fox, gets another opportunity. Woo, go Jacksonville, go Jacksonville. He's coming home to Jacksonville. He'll get the first overall pick and draft Trevor Lawrence. Okay, all right. So then what happens? Well, he hires the Iowa strength and conditioning coach who is being investigated by the government for abusing his players and calling his players racial slurs. After a home loss, he gets, you know, not a home loss, but after a loss to Cincinnati, he doesn't fly back home with the team, which I've never heard of in my entire life. He stays in Ohio. He goes and quote-unquote visits family, which I'm pretty sure every single player would love to do after a loss. Says that he wants to visit his grandkids and somehow, some way, while visiting his grandkids, he is somehow filmed and recorded shoving his finger up a girl's butt. while also getting danced on by that very same girl, while also taking pictures with multiple girls. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. But um, may not necessarily be a good look, um, and it may not necessarily show that you have high priorities for winning when your players that Saturday are probably preparing for the next week of football. You know, may not necessarily be the best look. So, what happens? Monday gets back. Story gets broken. Monday, they have to cancel practice. I think they go up against the uh, the Bears that weekend, and they got smashed. And I can even look it up. We can look up the schedule. Why not? I got time. Why not? 2-11, and 11, by the way, the Jags are. Let's take a look. Oh, no, it was against the Titans. Excuse me. It wasn't against the uh, the Bears. It was against the Titans. And, yes, they got smashed 37-19 to 19, where uh, it, was, it was like 20-13 to 13 at halftime. And then the Titans poured it on. So after that debacle happens you know things get quiet John Gruden the emails come out about him we kind of forget about Urban Meyer and then this week it gets reported that he's getting into fights and he he's really rubbing the locker room the wrong way mm, mm, mm. really rubbing the locker room the wrong way you know players don't like him he's calling his coaches losers really not Really not, you know, 
being a leader in the locker room, the leader that you would want in the locker room, right? So all that stuff comes out. And then today, really yesterday, former Jaguars kicker Josh Lambeau says he was kicked by Urban Meyer during warmups. And this is where we'll start the article. I'll kind of skip ahead here. Lambeau was approached by head coach Urban Meyer, who doesn't call Jaguars specialists, these are special teamers, by their names. It was kicker, punter, long snapper, Lambeau said, or shitbags, dipshits, or whatever the hell it was. The names didn't bother Lambeau, but what the former Florida Gators coach did next, Lambeau said, were the actions of a mean-spirited bully. I'm in a lunge position. Left leg forward, right leg back, Lambeau said. Urban Meyer, while I'm in that stress position, comes up to me and says, Hey, dipshit, make your fucking kicks. And kicks me in the leg. Lambeau spoke for the first time publicly about what he said happened to him in an interview with the Tampa Bay Times. It certainly wasn't as hard as he could have done it, but it certainly wasn't a love tap, Lambeau said. Truthfully, I'd register it as a 5 out of 10, which in the workplace, I don't care if it's football or not, the boss can't strike an employee. And for a second, I couldn't believe it actually happened. Pardon my vulgarity. I said, don't you ever fucking kick me again. And his response was, quote, I'm the head coach. I'll kick you whenever the fuck I want. Urban Meyer came out and he has a quote himself today. He said, Joss's characterization of me and this incident is completely inaccurate. Pause right here. Hey, Urban, what happened? What happened? So you didn't kick him? What's the inaccuracy? Because you obviously said that it's not a fallacy. Did you kick him? Was it hard? Was it soft? Was it a love tap where you're doing it playfully? Because last time, because according to you, Semi, and definitely according to Josh Lambert, you kicked one of your players. In frustration. Difference in professional football versus college, folks. Significant difference. Cannot treat grown men like children, and really... Children shouldn't even be treated like this. Teenagers shouldn't be treated like this. Young adults shouldn't be treated like this. They shouldn't get kicked for missing kicks in a football game. And definitely neither should grown men. Let's continue forward with Urban Meyer's statement. Joss's characterization of me in this incident is completely inaccurate. And there are eyewitnesses to refute this account, Meyer said. GM Trent Balky and I met with him on multiple occasions to encourage his performance. This is a no-nothing burger. And this, and continuing forward, and this was never brought up. I was fully supportive of Josh during this time with the team and wish him nothing but the best. There's another reported incident with Urban Meyer. Continuing forward, the next morning, Lambeau, this is Josh Lambeau, the kicker once again, said he was in a nutritional aisle at the team's training facility making a smoothie. Delicious. Meyer approached him. Quote, this is Lambeau. He sees me and I'm by myself and he kind of cornered me and comes up to me and says, are you going to put a smile on that face? Sorry about that. Lambeau said, I said, I'll smile if you stop kicking me. The conversation was out of earshot of other players or staff. Lambeau said the details of the conversation. I do remember I was having issues with how he was coaching me throughout the spring. Throughout camp that I had kept to myself. And I expressed a couple of those issues with the special teams coordinator who related them to Urban who seemingly halfway understood. His response was, okay, you don't like me doing this? Okay. If you don't like me doing that, fine. But if you ever speak to me like that again, you'll be out of here. 
You're the first player I've ever let speak to me that way in my career. And if you do it again, you're gone. Lambeau was stunned. I said, I'm genuinely not trying to be sarcastic here, Urban. But what did I say that offended you? Lambeau remembered asking Meyer. He said, when you responded to me out there on the practice field in front of everybody, if you have an issue and don't like me kicking you, well, then you keep that to yourself and you wait until after practice and after meetings and you come find me and the office and tell me privately. Or you could just stop kicking him, Urban. Maybe that's a solution to your problem, regardless. Lambo said he reported the incident to his agent, Richard Irvin, who contacted the Jaguars' legal counsel the day after Meyer kicked him in warm-ups. Both Irvin and the Jaguars confirmed that the legal counsel was contacted and offered Lambo a chance to meet with them, but Lambo said he has no recollection of being able to speak with the Jaguars' legal team. Jaguars, quote, Jaguars' legal counsel indeed acknowledged and responded immediately to the query to the query made by Josh Lambeau's agent Friday, August 27, 2021. The Jaguar said in a statement to the Tampa Bay Times, counsel offered to speak with Josh or to assist Josh in speaking with coaching or any other football personnel if he was comfortable with sharing the information. Any suggestion otherwise is blatantly false. Lambeau was released after he missed his first three field goal attempts to start the season. Lambeau, currently a free agent, said he felt it was his obligation to come forward with his story after watching Myers' run-ins with players and assistant coaches in recent weeks. The Jaguars lost their fifth straight game Sunday to fall to 2-11 after being shut out by the 20-0, excuse me, shut out by the Titans 22-0. So, <clears throat> I mean, there's other stuff, like, for example, Urban Meyer saying, um, quote, and this is in reference to all the uh, the source that had come out, I believe, on Saturday, and it essentially reported that Urban Meyer gets into, um, gets into it with his players, says that his coaches are losers, da-da-da-da-da-da. Um, he said that if there is a source, that source is unemployed. I mean, within seconds. And he probably means within seconds of him finding out who that source is. Continuing forward. The comment didn't sit well with Lambeau, who spent five seasons with the Jaguars and, and was named All-Pro in 2019. That's the reason why I wanted to talk about this, he said. There's been a lot of turnover, but those are still my people. Some of those dudes are my dudes. And the staff members I have grown into amazing relationships with over the last five seasons. He threatened all of them for speaking the truth. And that's a bully and people need to speak up against bullies. Lambeau knows there could be pushback from Meyer supporters, including players and coaches who won national titles with him at Florida and Ohio State. But he said that he felt it was important to speak out. At 50-something year old, A 50-something-year-old, excuse me, a 50-something-year-old man can kick a 30-something-year-old man both working, doing their jobs, and he can do that in front of everybody else, and that's okay. But I can't defend myself, Lambeau said. Again, an adult, in the line, doing what I'm supposed to be doing for his team, and I can't stand up for myself, and when I do, I get fired? Lambeau says Myers' actions have no place in the NFL or any work environment. It doesn't matter if it's football or not, and I know football has this perceived notion about it, but at the end of the day, that's my job. I'm not there as a football player. I'm there as Josh Lambeau doing his job. What he did was unfathomable. I believe that is the end of the article. Let me just say this. Um, I said it yesterday. I'll say it again today. Um, I'm not a big believer in firing head coaches in their first year. And the reason for that is, is that I believe you have to have time to let them develop and to, you know, and to, you know, have some roster turnover because usually if they are on like one of the worst rosters in the league, usually means they have to get some of their guys. I'm ready to fire Urban Meyer today. I'm 
ready to fire him today. He's a disaster. He's a disaster. And, you know, I mean, like, this is, it's just going to get worse. You know, it's just going to get worse. The experiment's a failure. And, like, the the obnoxious thing is, Shad Khan doesn't have any perspective. He, he keeps on saying, like, we'll give him chances. Well, um, I'm not going to be impulsive with the decision. It's just, like, I, I get it. You don't want to fire your coach, like, a year after you fired another coach. You know, a couple, like, you don't want to fire him in his first year. But, I mean, listen, man, admit that it, it's a mistake. The worst thing that you can do is double down on a mistake. Just admit it. Move on. Figure it out. And so what happens now with Urban Meyer is kind of left up to Shad Khan. Um, I think he's out of football. I have no idea how he gets another job, even as like a college football analyst. I'm not touching him with like a 10-foot pole. But I mean, Urban is just a disaster. He really is. And again, I don't know how to describe it. Just a disaster. Unworkable. Can't coach his team. Doesn't offer anything. I said it on Monday. What uh, What is a coach or Tuesday? I mean, yeah, or Friday. I can't remember when I said it. But I said essentially that a head coach provides structure. And Urban Meyer really doesn't do um, any of that. He doesn't provide any structure. He provides chaos. He provides um, discons- discontent. Um, uh, 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 rebellion. He... I mean, he just doesn't really inspire people to play football at the highest of levels. And that's like the most important thing that you can do and be as a, um, as a football player and as a coach, just like, Hey, can you inspire me to play? And then on top of this shit, on top of that, like the whole kicking the kicker thing, it's hilarious, but it's also like, dude, if you do that to the wrong player, I can only imagine the consequence, you know? The physical retaliation. I can only imagine it. Like, it's like, could you imagine doing that to, like, a defensive player? Could you imagine being like, hey, I'm going to kick you as you're warming up. Could you imagine doing that? Could you imagine the repercussions? You know, I mean, obviously he doesn't think much of special teams, which is stupid. But again, it's like, it's it's such a college mindset. It's such a bad coaching mindset because... You know, Bill Belichick loves special teams. Loves special teams. Talks about the importance of it all the time. Goes into great detail. I mean, he went into great detail, for example, a couple weeks ago about long snappers. It's like, what? Long snappers? He's like, yeah, I love football. So I'm going to talk about long snappers. Urban Meyer's like, hey, punter, hey, kicker. Not even going to, you know, know their name, respect their name. This isn't college. He's in over his head. The quicker you get him out, the easier and faster it is for you. Like, this is going to be a testament to Shad Khan and whether or not he is going to be a good and successful owner from here on out. Because, listen, man, he's gotten two hard asses, okay? Let me plug in my computer first. It's about to die here. I'll talk about Shad Khan and I'll talk about Urban Meyer and then we'll talk about Dan Quinn and then we'll peace out. So, Ur- not Urban, Shad Khan has already gotten, like, two ass, uh, two hard asses, right? He's gotten Tom Coughlin, you know, as his GM, brought him in. Jaguars players hated him. Jalen Ramsey went on a continuous rant about Tom Coughlin on Aqib Tlaib's podcast. Turns out, everything that Jalen Ramsey said was accurate. He said, listen, man, we're having... We're having a cover-up for Blake Bortles in the draft. We could have gotten, you know, um, Lamar Jackson. Instead, who do we get? We get uh, Leonard Fournette. Great player. But instead, we could have gotten El Freaky. We didn't get a little bit freaky with El Freaky. Instead, we got playoff Lenny. Obviously, a good running back, but he's not the running... He's not the player that they needed. They needed another quarterback. They didn't get a quarterback. Tom Coughlin was like, hey, guys, listen, I don't like the way that you guys are playing. I don't like the way that you guys are showing up, doing all this other stuff. And he didn't like Jalen Ramsey. So Jalen Ramsey had one bad game. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, beep, boop. The Jags are on the horn 
They're getting ready to go. They're talking to teams. They're talking to organizations. It gets out. Jalen Ramsey's on the chopping block. He's on the chopping block. What happens next? Jalen Ramsey goes out. He balls out a week. Then the next week, the Jags, they come back and they're just like, hey, Jalen, oh, man, we were just kidding. We were just kidding, man. We were just kidding. Hey, man. Jalen remembers. The next year when he wants to get paid, they don't pay him. He's just like, trade me. Trade me like you trade trade me like you tried to trade me last year. And that's what the Jaguars did. The Jaguars have never been the same since. Because they lost their guy, they lost their top-tier player. They lost the best, one of the best defensive players in the league. He showed just how much heart and class Jalen Ramsey has. By playing with the LA Rams, he's now the star position. He plays inside, he plays outside, he plays the linebacker position, he plays the safety position, he plays the slot, he plays outside, he plays near the line of scrimmage, he makes tackles in the backfield, he makes tackles on screenplays. But it's his fault. It's Jalen Ramsey's fault. He's a distraction. He's the distraction. It's not Tom Coughlin. It's not Blake Bortles. They traded Calais Campbell as well. Jalen Ramsey. All their stars were gone or retired. On defense. All of them were. All those guys were. Turns out all those guys can still play. Jalen can still play. Calais Campbell can still play. The only guys that aren't really in the NFL are Tom Coughlin and Blake Bortles, the guys that they put all their money and all their bets on. Tom Coughlin reportedly had players wear specific uniforms, was a hard-ass on the uniforms. It's funny. Bill Belichick doesn't really care what you do, doesn't care how you dress, doesn't care what music you listen to, doesn't care if you're Cam Newton and you have a bajillion chains on, doesn't care about all the little stuff. Because he gets the big stuff. Bill Belichick's like, hey guys, listen. You know, just come in, prepare, be ready to work. And he recognizes that, you know, that's the thing that matters. Everything else is kind of just fluff, you know. It doesn't matter how players dress, you know, what they wear, you know, what they do. It's Are you on time and are you working? Are you putting in the work and are you on time? And that's it. That's all he cares about. But everybody else, all these college guys, they have to have all this control. They have to be super controlling, you know? You know, Urban Meyer has to be really controlling. Hey, guys, let me kick my kicker. Hey, guys, we're going to have all this, all these guys from college. We're going to come in and we're going to win. But then he gets to the NFL and then it's just, it's not the same. You can't treat grown men like adults and really you shouldn't be treating these young men like children. Not even like children, like lower than their children. I remember Joe Rogan, not a great person right now, but he said something interesting. He's just like, I don't understand why football players yell and curse at their players. You know, and the reason why I said it is he's just like, listen, man, in martial arts, you never have that. You never have that. You have guys say, you know, hey, I love you. They embrace after fights. They cry. They kiss each other on the cheeks, not on the mouth. Kiss each other after the fights. They embrace. They love each other. But they never, the coaches for boxers and MMA fighters, they never yell at each other. And the reason for that is, number one, they know that they can kick each other's ass, first and foremost. Number two, there's a genuine, like, understanding that I'm putting my life on the line for you, and that deserves a lot of respect. Some weird reason football coaches, they have to go the extra mile, and they have to say, well, hey, I'm going to... I'm going to curse at you. I'm going to demean you. I'm going to call you names. And it's just like, coach, I'm putting my life out there for you. There's no respect for that. There's none. You know, even for kickers, they can still get brutalized. They can get hurt. No respect. So, I'm breaking my rule. There's an exception to every single rule. I think Urban Meyer is the rule. Um, he is officially dead and buried. 
Um, he is essentially a ghost. He's Casper. He's here, but not really here. He should be fired. Shad Khan, if he has any, any sense, he will fire him right now. And it's like I said before, it's just like, we'll get to know who Shad Khan is as an owner. Because this is what a good owner does. A good owner will say, hey, um, he's terrible. He's not very good. We should fire him because he is kicking our players. He's abusing our players. He is getting into fight. Players are essentially not even focusing on football. They're focusing on trying to avoid this guy. We're not, like, listen to this, right? Think about it like this. Not just short-term, but long-term. Are you a free agent destination? Do people want to play for you? No, not really. They don't want to have to deal with Urban. You know, you're going to have a high-value pick. You're either going to get Aiden Hutchinson or Kalevon Chason or... Not Kalevon Chason. Kavion Thibodeau or Kyle Hamilton or one of the corners or wideouts, right? Do you think they're excited to come and play for Urban Meyer? Do you think they want to have to deal with what they have to deal with? I don't know, man. What about high-value coaches? Because it gets out, right? You know, Mike McCarthy, let me take a swig of water first. Hold on. You know, Mike McCarthy has built up a really, really fantastic coaching staff there in Dallas, right? You look at the names, you're like Kellen Moore, Dan Quinn, really revitalized the Cowboys' offense and defense. Bones Fossil, you know, does a great job with the special teams. They're one of the best units in the NFL now. I mean, they for Christ's sake, they block punts. That's really, really hard to do. They block punts kind of consistently. Like, every two games, every two games, you'll see them block a punt. They almost blocked one against Washington. They get 10 to 15-yard returns pretty consistently. That's pretty doggone good. But he has a great group of guys around him to be able to help him out, help him make decisions. He also has contacts within the league. This is Mike McCarthy speaking. Or that uh, this is Mike McCarthy that we're talking about. He's tight with Rob Snyder, not to be accused, um, not to be, excuse me, confused with Rob Snyder, the actor, but Rob Snyder, the GM of the Seahawks, close contacts with uh, with that guy. He's a friend of his. Rob Snyder is like, you know, he's the GM. He's like, hey man, hey Mike, when we played Washington a couple of weeks ago on Monday Night Football, the heated coils and the heated seats go out. So maybe you should bring your own benches, cause we we should have brought our own. So Mike's like, check. Hey, Jerry, we got to get some new seats. Some new heated seats for the benches. Jerry's like, all right. They bring in the heated seats. It's a great moment. It showcases that Dallas is Dallas is in Washington, and it's their stadium. It's a great football moment. Great Sunday morning moment. Sitting up, waiting for the game, and I see on Twitter, oh, Cowboys, they got their own heated seats. Great moment for football. But Mike has their love and respect of a lot of different players and coaches in the NFL. A.J. Hawk talks about him glowingly. Pat McAfee does as well. Then it's just like, what do you do with Urban Meyer? You think he has any nice high-value contacts in the NFL? You think that's the case? Do you think he's well-loved in the NFL? Do you think after this season that he'll have coaches vouch for him saying, hey, man, this is, you know, this is just this is just another guy. Not another guy, but an awesome guy that we can utilize in the NFL, that we can play with in the NFL. Do you think, do you think people are saying that? Do you think people in the league are going to say that? Do you think people like Dan Quinn want to go and coach with him and for him? Or do you think they're trying to avoid him like a plague? There's this interesting kind of theory, right? About certain teams where they're just like, not even certain teams, but like certain coaches, right? Where it's just like certain coaches are like, do you want to play for, let's say, for example, the Detroit Lions? Do you want to go there and do you want to play for them? Or do you want to go and stay where you are? Like if, 
for example, um, Eric Bieniemy had the chance to go and get a head coaching job with Detroit. Do you think that he would want to go and stay in Kansas City or probably coach in one of the worst football teams in America? And that really, that's kind of the that's kind of the the question that needs to be answered because there's times where that will happen, where you will see, you know, coaches be like, "Yeah, I don't really want to coach for that team." Why? Eh, it's not one of the best teams. It's one of the worst teams, excuse me, in the NFL, and I'm on one of the best teams. Pass. Just like, who would want to go to Jacksonville? Especially and specifically if their owner lets this pass. I'm just I'm just saying. Jacksonville's a mess. Not as big of a mess as Dan Snyder and his disgusting, but I will not spend a lot of time on this. Because, again, I feel like if you have been a short-term viewer, you know how annoyed I am that Dan Quinn, not Dan Quinn, excuse me, I love Dan Quinn, how annoyed I am with Dan Snyder. I'm also um, not surprised at all that very, very few people in the media actually covered any of this. But, um, yes, Dan Snyder, essentially, and we'll, we won't spend a lot of time on this because, A, I'm tired, just started to watch Squid Games yesterday. Haven't seen it at all. Want to watch a little bit more. Also, I have to edit tonight as well. Like, by, by what I mean by, like, I have to edit is that, like, I have to get, like, essentially everything done tonight. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to be freaking behind so I got to get going here in a couple of minutes but essentially and I will summarize it essentially there is a accuser of Dan Snyder's uh, what a surprise he has a sexual assault sexual what is it sexual harassment right hold on I want to get this right Uh, is it a, I, I don't even know, it, sexual misconduct, which can mean a whole lot of different things. It can mean like, I, I mean, I'm not even, I'm not an attorney, but it means a lot of different things. It can range from like, you know, pulling down your pants and flashing somebody to like making suggestive comments. It can mean a whole bunch of different things. Regardless, it's, you know, it's, it, it should, it's, it's shouldn't be in the workplace period in a discussion. Okay. So, sexual misconduct happened in 2009, okay? Gets covered up. The settlement was for $1.6 million. Ooh la la, a lot of money to cover up a uh, sexual misconduct accusation, which probably means it was accurate. So, sexual misconduct, da-da-da-da-da, it happens Fast forward a good decade plus later, right? NFL's like, hey, let's investigate into Washington, okay? So Dan Snyder's like, I'll hire my own company. And I was just like, red flag. NFL, do your own freaking investigation, just like how you investigate every single player and investigate your billionaires. Um, they did not do that. Washington hired their own firm. Turns out the firm actually has a lot of integrity because the main lawyer... Beth Wilkinson was like, I should probably look into the sexual misconduct claim, right? And um, wrong. Dan Snyder constantly interfered with this accusation, essentially by offering the girl money, by blocking Beth Wilkinson throughout the entirety of the investigation to the point where, like, uh, to the point where, I mean, it was had to be settled in, like, court, like, uh, could she interview the alleged victim? You know, could she not? You know, all this, uh, like, literally, they had to, like, Beth Wilkinson was investigating the Washington football team and was paid by them and actually had to, like, go to court to be able to try and ask and interview the alleged victim. It was, it's like, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. She got stopped at every single twist and turn. She inevitably talked to the victim, but I think that that's, it's all like not privy to the public. 
And I mean, again, if you're surprised that any of this stuff happened, I mean, I got some nice beachfront property in Kansas, Missouri to sell you. Like, it's it's bullshit. It's just like, yes, like, it, he's a terrible person. This is just another, like, marble on a pile of marbles that freaking can be, that, that stacks up to the height of Mount Everest of just bad stuff that Dan Snyder has done, okay? But it's gotten Congress involved. This is a quote from Congress people. Chairs Maloney and Krish Namorthi. I think that's how you say his last name. This is a quote. It has become clear that Dan Snyder's words and actions regarding the investigation into the Washington football team do not align. While Mr. Snyder publicly stated that he wanted independent investigators to ferret out the truth, today's reporting suggests that he was privately trying to obstruct the efforts of the very investigator he hired in an effort to conceal damaging information. These disturbing revelations have only strengthened the committee's commitment to uncovering the truth in this matter. The NFL must honor Commissioner Goodell's promise to cooperate with Congress and fully comply with the committee's request for documents. Today's news confirms, and the quote goes on, today's news confirms, and this is by a different chairman, today's news confirms our worst fears. Dan Snyder actively fought to undermine NFL's, the NFL's, excuse me, investigation into Washington football team's hostile workplace culture. According to this reporting, not only did he try to prevent a key fact witness, a woman he paid $1.6 million in a sexual misconduct settlement, from speaking with investigators, he went as far to, as to send private investigators to witnesses' homes and to harass them, and this is me adding in my own input, to essentially harass them and interrogate them as to who essentially had like some of the initial leaks into the Washington football team and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Continuing forward, Snyder will stop at nothing to get to the bottom of this story. The NFL must immediately turn over all evidence of Snyder's interference and the other documents we requested over a month ago, which they did in October 21st. Now to kind of continue forward, apparently they also like asked the girl that had settled out of court or had the $1.6 million to like destroy evidence. I don't know how judicial or how civil this process is. Um, I'm not a billionaire. I'm not a lawyer. I don't think Dan Snyder can get jail time for this, but yeah, this doesn't look good for a team that's like rebranding itself after having a racial slur in its team name for like decades and then your owner paid off native americans to essentially be token figures for the racial slur being in your team's name it doesn't look good when your then owner is just like you know what um we're now going to uh to pay off a alleged victim of sexual misconduct within our workplace you know the constant reports coming out that our environment is a toxic environment that we've hired ron rivera to help clean up our culture but it then turns out that our culture is still terrible to be in and it's not because of our our freaking head coach but it's because of our owner it's not a great look Some people would essentially, you know, assess that maybe, um, maybe he would be fired. A good question to ask is, will he be fired? And the reality is, or not even fired because he owns the team. Will he have his, will he have to sell the team? And the, the answer, realistically, is no. He will not have to sell the team. That, that's, that's very obvious. <laughs> that's very obvious. He will not have to sell the team. He will never have to sell the team. He will, he'll still be the guy. Just like, if you think so... Bro, you haven't looked around. This guy's been running rampant for years. I'm not surprised at all that he would still own the team. I'm not surprised at all that for some weird reason, Roger Goodell has still freaking claimed, you know, not even claimed is the best way to describe it, 
but has essentially been like, yeah, you know, we're still going to have this guy's back or whatever. I'm like, I'm, I'm not surprised at all. If you're surprised, I mean, where, what have you been watching? What have you been doing for like the last God knows how long? <laughs> um, anyways, that's the podcast. <clears throat> um, I'm piecing out. I'll see you tomorrow for recapping of Thursday night football. And, um, yeah, I'm excited. We'll see. Anyways, I'm peacing out, ladies and gentlemen. 24th podcast. <laughs>